This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. UAVs in your career. This is Carl Valeri with Aviation Careers Podcast, and I'm reporting here at Polk State College in Lakeland, Florida. And I'm joined with Dr. Ryan Wallace. Ryan Wallace, he's a professor of aerospace science here at Polk State College. Welcome, Ryan. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Carl. You know, it's really exciting. I And as you know, I've written articles in the past about UAVs, and I'm excited about what's happening with UAS, uh, unmanned aircraft systems. But this is a careers podcast, so we want to make sure that we, we not only get excited about the technology, but also excited about what's going forward with careers. Um, Polk State, yeah, this is you're in the heart of aviation here in Florida, and I think that's really, really cool. Uh, Polk State College, uh, as some of you know, I'm the coach of the flight team, uh, full disclosure, also adjunct professor, or f- finishing my application for that. And, and what you have going here, there's some very innovative things. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that in, in a second. But just as a quick intro to, to this episode, one of the reasons that we're talking today is there was an article in the Wall Street Journal, and I have a link in aviationcareerspodcast.com slash 87. Uh, where they talk about giving bonuses to Air Force pilots so that they will stay on to be drone pilots because they're losing pilots and they're going to the airlines and things like that. They don't want to sit there and and fly the drones. So there's opportunities there. There's also opportunities in the commercial world. Uh, First of all, uh, how is Polk State involved in in aviation as far as unmanned aircraft systems? And uh, then we'll get into some of the opportunities people have. Well, Polk State College obviously has a a strong interest, like most of the other colleges and universities out there, uh, about pursuing this new realm of aviation. And, And let me start by saying... UAS, Unmanned Aircraft Systems, uh, this is the rebirth of aviation right now. It's it's kind of like being back in the early 1900s, right, as the right flyer is being developed again, except it's, it's going to be the rebirth for aviation. So um, just like everyone else, we're very interested in getting involved in unmanned aircraft systems, developing a, a program, and establishing that training uh, facility, if you will, or, or training initiative to make sure we're meeting the demand of the public. Currently, uh, you're not involved in training, but you do have certain programs that uh, students can get involved with, correct? Like internships, et cetera. We do have internships, and, and matter of fact, our internship is is the only thing that we are pursuing uh, at the moment. Um, in fact, um, our interns, we have one intern with Turin Aviation Group out of Zephyr Hills, and uh, there's actually a UAS company in which our intern uh, manages to, he's constructing UAVs, he's going to be doing the operation of some of the UAVs and so on. Uh, under the direction of his uh, intern supervisors. Oh, very cool, very cool. But I know you guys have an incredible interest in UAVs because it's it's a career field right now. I, I think it's going to explode in the next 10 years. I'd like to uh, get from your expertise and from your research, uh, your attitude towards unmanned aircraft systems, and is there opportunities out there? The opportunities are endless, Carl. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I was a, a young individual looking to go into career again, I would want to go into unmanned vehicles because – that is a career field that's only going to expand for many reasons. Uh, one, operation of unmanned vehicles is much less expensive than operation of traditional uh, manned aircraft. And the ways we can use them in industry and commercially are endless. 
So, so that we have a career path here and we have some sight in mind as to what we can do, uh, let's get give people some examples. I know that one of the things that excites me about unmanned aircraft systems is aerial applications for crops. Uh, we lose, what is it, about every... Uh, was it every month we lose like three bit different pilots or, or that to air accidents? Uh, trying to a- apply all these different fertilizers and uh, all different types of applications of seeds, etc. Uh, but with the unmanned aircraft systems, we take that person out of that equation, so we we don't have them at risk. That's some risky flying. Uh, there's an example, and I also uh, another neat example is is actually for law enforcement. Uh, that's two that I can think of. You probably have some other examples of UASs that are commercially used or can be commercially used. Absolutely. And so one of the big advantages of UAS is they can be used for a much less expensive um, option, which makes them more uh, usable for applications that people couldn't afford uh, to hire a traditional aircraft to do. So a good example, when you talk about um, agriculture, we use UAS, or they can be used now, uh, to be able to go and fly over a, a farmer's field and determine you know, what crops are receiving adequate or inadequate amounts of water. They can determine you know, uh, infestation of pests. There's a lot of things that can be done that previously were just financially uh, unavailable. You know, it's interesting, too, for news reporting. I, who is it? CNN is, is one of the outlets that's now uh, looking at being able to actually do some research into how the UAS can be used in, in that arena. Uh, search missions, I think that's awesome. Uh, there's, there's so many different applications. Wherever you can use an aircraft, you can use a UAS. Currently, though, I think we all look at these really small UASs, and there's certain applications. You know, it's scalable. There's certain applications in a smaller UAS that make sense now because we're trying to come up with regulations and safety systems in place. But in the future, we could have UAS systems in large aircraft, right? Oh, absolutely. And certainly the discussion has already uh, come up about one day when you step on the airplane, will it be an unmanned aircraft? Um, that's a good question. Will the public accept it? Uh, the truth is, we just don't know at this point. Um, there is so much speculation about where the unmanned industry will go, but uh, you can you can really uh, tell that now is the time to get on board because this is this is going to be a major portion of the U.S. economy and any other economy that chooses to pursue unmanned. And, and there's a big part of our community that is supporting that, and that's the uh, Association uh, Unmanned Vehicle Systems International, AUVSI, which I think is an awesome organization. There's also scholarships that are out there. We'll give a link to, to some of those scholarships later, and, and Ryan's going to forward some of those to us in an email. Uh, there's, there's so many things that are out there that people can look towards in UAVs. that I, I think we don't realize it. I mean, we, uh, I get this question all the time, Ryan. You know, I'm thinking of becoming a pilot, uh, but I'm not sure I really want to fly. But how about this other thing, these unmanned aircraft systems? Do you think there's going to be a future in that? And I say, yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible. You look at uh, some of the people that are involved here locally with unmanned aircraft systems. They're looking for employees. Here's another thing, that, and, and you can touch on this uh, if you understand the regulation, is there are the pilots that are flying these 
are trained pilots, right? They oftentimes are they are trained pilots. Right, absolutely. Right. And and that's part of what the FAA has put in place right now. They actually have to have a pilot certificate. At some point, that's going to go away, I assume, correct? There, there is a, a, a number of speculations about what's going to end up happening. And bearing in mind that the, the, the notice of proposed rulemaking, it's still in the, the processes of gathering public comment and whatnot. So we're not at the final rule yet. Now, we know what the FAA is proposing uh it'll be interesting to see if the proposal actually goes through as written you know one thing that's really exciting for people that are pilots is that you know there's there's not that many pilots out there first of all and if you need a pilot certificate to actually fly these commercially commercially fly the uavs and drones then there's a demand for somebody who's already got their pilot certificate i know on within that that ruling and i I can't remember the actual ruling but the and the nprm uh, that you actually have to have a a pilot certificate now if if you're looking at to getting into becoming a pilot this is the time to do it i'm trying to plug becoming a pilot right now as you can tell i i think it's it's a terrific opportunity at some day will they they uh, go to people that aren't pilots possibly but remember all those people flying those drones uh, we're talking pilots, actually, in the military. And I think that's going to happen with the FAA for the foreseeable future. It's going to take a long time before they go away from actual pilots. Absolutely. And, in fact, uh, I remember reading an article just recently about how, especially at the test sites, they're actually authorizing both sport and recreational pilots to conduct some of those, uh, those test flights as well. So uh, the fact of the matter is the pilot certificate will go a lot farther. Now, this also has a secondary effect on the industry. We're already short on manned pilots. So when you you take that and you add to the mix that we're about to have an explosion of unmanned pilots, the demand uh, for pilots in general is just going to be, uh, it's going to be big. Yeah, and and I'm glad you brought that up. I always hate to use the term pilot shortage, but there is a lack of qualified pilots right now. And now we're going to see even more, just like you said, because of all the people that are going to be sucked into this unmanned aircraft systems and and honestly the pay is not going to be bad for these folks doing unmanned aircraft systems because there's think about this you have amazon and amazon usually does things on a grand scale and things that are going to make quite a bit of money if you're going to you see amazon getting involved in this and some of these other big players like google etc you know there's going to be money at the end of the tunnel there uh, so don't don't think hey i want to be an airline pilot and that's it i can fly a drone for the rest of my career or another neat thing, you talked about sport pilot certificate. You don't have to have your medical certificate for that. You actually can self-certify. So what's what's interesting is now here I am, a, somebody wanted to become a pilot, and now I can't become a pilot because or I may have a medical condition that would stop me from becoming a pilot. Well, I decide, no, I'll just get my sport pilot certificate and then become a drone pilot. That that averts all that as far as the medical is concerned, but I also get to fly, and that's really cool. Absolutely. and it, I mean, it really... The sky is truly the limit when it comes to unmanned vehicles in the future. Yeah, it is. And and I, I think, too, that, and, and we're kind of beating a dead horse here, but I think that uh, really getting it through to the people listening right now, yes, there are opportunities and there will be more in the future. This is an incredibly exciting time. This truly is the golden age of flight for unmanned aircraft systems. And I'll link to an article I wrote a few years ago about that. Uh, and, and it excites me. Now, uh, it's interesting having, I know I'm going to get some hate mail because I'm a pilot. It's someone like myself who's really excited about the unmanned aircraft systems. One of the important aspects of this is coming up with sense and avoid systems, systems that can sense other aircraft and also avoid other aircraft. There is another great opportunity getting into an aerospace career. You don't have to actually fly them. You can get into programming the systems. There's a lot of computer science degrees that are out there that are more towards artificial intelligence, but also 
towards working with the drones. I think that's a great opportunity too. Absolutely, and when you really think about it, just the challenges associated with integrating unmanned vehicles into the national airspace system, the number of careers and support systems required to do that is also going to offer opportunities. You're absolutely right, Carl. Right. Now, as far as commercial operators, uh, I know some, well, back up for a second. Some people are saying, well, I can fly a drone right now. I don't need a license. Well, you're right. You can go out there, get your quadcopter, buy it at the local toy store and go fly it. The, the issue the FAA has is that you cannot fly commercially. In other words, you can't make money with it. And we've seen this in the past, haven't we, where people have gone up and they've flown their drones and used those photographs for commercial purposes and made money off it, and then they've come back and said, hey, wait a minute, you can't do that. They're going to they're gonna fine you. You have to actually go to the FAA and get an exemption. I can't remember. I think it's a, a 333 exemption. Right. That's correct, Carl. This, this term, now, this is an interesting field, by the way. We throw out all these terms in aviation and acronyms. Now we've got a whole bunch more pot on now that we're involved in UAVs. <laughs> we just used a term called the 333. What in the world is that, a 333? Well, basically, the 333 exemption, it's, uh, it has to do with the FAA's Modernization and Reform Act of 2012. And uh, basically, it deals with... Uh, the allowance to allow people to use uh, unmanned aerial vehicles for commercial use. Now, there's a, a great deal of history behind this. So when you think about unmanned vehicles, the first group that was concerned about how regulation was going to come out are the model aircraft flyers. They did not want to be restricted to do their model aircraft work. And so there was a, a point when UAVs came out that some people were saying, well, I'm not really flying a UAV. I'm flying a model aircraft to try to get around the FAA's rules. So they needed to uh, to shore that up, and they've come out with several different iterations, one of which is the 333 exemption, um, to try to, to shore that up. But there's some other restrictions as well. Um, the Obviously, the requirement to become certificated, uh, have a certificated pilot fly. Uh, and then there's also uh, requirements to receive a certificate of authorization or waiver, uh, as well as have the... Um, the aircraft or the system um, basically receive a, a, a certificate, uh, airworthiness certificate. Okay, so they have to get a waiver from the FAA to actually fly that 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 whatever device it is or system that they have in place. Uh, so a certificate of authorization from the FAA. Uh, now, this is important to the person thinking about this as a career. Because if you're going to go become an intern at one of these organizations, some of the things you might want to look into is do they have their 333? And also, my suggestion would be to go out and learn these terms and learn the acronyms because I think there's a, a huge demand for people that can speak the language. Absolutely. Uh, and it's it's complicated. Oh, it, it does is. take a little bit of work to understand exactly what's going on. There are some big advantages, though. So those that do have the 333 exemption, uh, the FAA just instituted a, a blanket, uh, if you will, um, process for them to be able to fly small unmanned vehicles, those less than 55 pounds, in the national airspace system with certain restrictions. So, uh, you know, outside of uh, the realm of airports and outside of restricted airspace. But otherwise, having a 333 exemption really gives UAV operators a lot of territory to play with right now. Well, that's cool. And, I, and now there's... I was talking to someone yesterday. He's trying to become a commercial operator and get the 333 himself. 
And I said, well, there's not that many. He says, well, sure, there's almost, what, 800 or so that are out there that have these exemptions. I said, well, that's really, if you think about it, it's really not a lot. I, I don't know if you have numbers on that, but I think it's around 800 or so. Uh, according to the FAA, there's 797 that were granted. So. Okay, pretty close. Uh, and so I was not, not far off on that number. Now, what, they, what they've done is they've made it available to certain operators to, to commercially operate. These operators can be very small. So 800 sounds like a lot, but if you look at all the other commercial operators as far as airplanes are concerned, it's, it's actually a small number. Uh, so we're going to see more of those hopefully granted. Uh, so it's important for if you're looking into getting involved with an organization, because you see on the Eli's website, you see, hey, here's careers. Click on the careers. Do you want to become an intern or do you want to work for us? You know, the the one thing I feel as a as a person that's looking at a career with one of these organizations, make sure that they have the 333. Ask them those questions. It also helps you. Another thing that I would suggest, and I, I, Ryan, you can back me up on this, that the AUVSI is the Association of Unmanned Vehicle Systems uh, International. And it's really a great organization. They have uh, newsletters. They have magazines. They have things like that. I think as a student member, if you're a student now, you can apply for $25 become a member uh, as an individual it's like $99 so I, I'd highly recommend if this is something you're going to do for a career I would get involved uh, absolutely I, I, I mean just like any any other career in aviation if you can be involved in the trade group or involved in, in the group that is going to allow you to network with the right people that is absolutely something that's going to benefit you and because Unmanned uh, is such a, a small entity right now making those connections early is going to pay off in spades uh, when the FAA does grant the final ruling and uh, the UAS industry explodes. And, and you can be in the forefront of that. I think that's really important, too. I'm actually, I think it's really cool for a techno-geek like me who's into computers and somebody who's into airplanes. This is an awesome a culmination of two things that I love to do. Airplanes and, and something that's really highly technical and, and flying model. I mean, as a, as a kid, that's where I started, flying model airplanes. This is taking model airplanes to a whole nother level in my in my world. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, think, I think that's awesome. Now, the AUVSI, um, it's, it's something that um, they have meetings all over the country. And I, if you ever are on... Um, the un, the UAV Digest UAVdigest.com they have a podcast if you want to get information about joining go to their their podcast they've had uh, the past chairman or the president of, of AUVSI on there I'd really suggest you going to the UAVdigest.com and listening to their episodes it's actually a, a friend that actually is running that and just a fabulous show because you'll learn about all the different things that are happening in the news and also the regulations that are coming up and the actual operators that, that are, are putting this together um and I've actually, at full disclosure, I, I did a, a, some field reporting for them uh, last year at MBAA, National Business Aviation Association meeting, where they had a forum on, on unmanned aircraft systems. In the audience, sitting next to me, was an, a commercial operator. And uh, I was like, well, what do you do? He says, well, aerial application. In other words, crop dusting. I was like, really? I said, is it is it helping? Is it, is, it, is it working? He says, oh my gosh, it's incredible. I said, you're kidding me. I mean, how, how could you, I didn't realize you could lift this type of weight up in the air and, and apply it. He says, oh yeah. He says, as a matter of fact, they're looking at bigger systems, larger systems. Uh, and at the last AUVSI meeting, 2015, they had, uh, what was it? The uh, Black Hawk helicopter showed up. Just to, I mean, obviously it wasn't unmanned, but it was just showing the scale of the way things will go in the future. And that's pretty phenomenal because there's there are instances like with crops, uh, you may uh, have a large field or you may have a small field. If you have a larger field, you're obviously going to need a bigger vehicle. That, that's for darn sure. Uh, but getting back to, to 
Polk State or uh, Central Florida in general. Uh, do you know of uh, the different operators that are here, and could you maybe talk a little bit about some of the commercial operators that might be in the in the central or in the Florida area? That's a great question. In truth, I, I don't know all of the commercial operators that are operating in Florida. Um, you know, our primary contact has been with the Turin Aviation Group. They've been fantastic about uh, showing us what's out there in the commercial arena. I highly recommend that you take an opportunity to interview with uh, Ed Frank, oh, the yeah. CEO. Definitely going to do that. Uh, he's actually agreed to, to come on the show, which we will do that. Uh, the Turin Aviation Group is is really in the forefront of the UAVs. I think they saw that uh, coming up in the future, they did a lot of uh, work in consulting work and doing overseas work with security, et cetera. And now they realize how important UAVs have become. As a matter of fact, uh, going back to the applications, I was speaking with somebody in the military recently, and he said to me, he says, you know, in Afghanistan, there are certain areas that's, the, that's how we get uh, material in and out is using drones and, and uh, using helicopters. Like, wow, that's pretty neat. Because uh, there are some really, really hot areas uh, that are out there. And, and, you know, you don't want someone getting shot down. So it saves lives. Absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, I can speak when, when I was there a few years ago, uh, the number of UAVs versus the number of airplanes was almost equivalent. I mean, it was wow. truly amazing. Wow. And where were you again in uh, in Afghanistan? I, I was out in Afghanistan. Afghanistan that's correct. Right. And then uh, it, it's interesting to see that uh, having a lot of friends that are involved in drones in the past, it was a very small community. It's getting larger. It leaps and bounds. Speaking with another helicopter pilot, he uh, was asked to start flying drones. He wants to go back to flying helicopters and airplanes. He can't do it. He's actually had to go out on his own and get a job outside the military to be able to fly because there is such a demand, and they're pushing for more and more pilots to actually fly these these unmanned aircraft systems. Uh, and it's not just dropping bombs. It's The surveillance is phenomenal. I was able to see uh, an undis uh, undisclosed area on surveillance. I was shocked. You could you could look at the face of an individual uh, using using these cameras and all, and imagine what else they can do. I mean, the stuff that they didn't disclose to me. I'm sure there's so much more uh, top secret information that's out there that they can, they can get. Uh, that's what's exciting is we can take that technology and bring it here. Well, and, and you're absolutely right. And it, the fact of the matter is, it, it's gotten to the point where the demand is so high. Uh, I just recently read a report about the uh, the military's use of unmanned aerial vehicle pilots, where there are certain fatigue factors that are starting to affect them because of the amount of overutilization. Uh, so again, there are jobs out there. Uh, the military has jobs. The civilian sector is certainly going to have jobs. Um, it, it is a booming industry. Now, I'm glad you brought up the fatigue factor. Uh, one of the things that I have started doing some research on and haven't been able to get a, an answer, and maybe you could help me with this, is uh, commercial flying of passengers and then flying of UAVs. I don't think there's any synergy there as far as rest requirements. Uh, in other words... If I'm flying a UAV today, tomorrow can I hop in and become an airline uh, work as an airline pilot? Are those rest rules gonna gonna actually coincide? I uh, going to let's get an example. I know that they came out with with an interpretation of flight instructing. The they've decided with FAR 117. The FAA has said that uh, the flight instructing hours don't count towards the 117 rules. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that you can go out and flight instruct. You have to go to your commercial operator, ask your airline that you fly for, can I actually flight instruct? Because a lot of times they won't let you because there's a conflict of interest. That's a whole other ballgame. Uh, as far as the, the UAVs and, and the drones, there's not a huge conversation that I've been able to see as far as uh, what the tie-in is to commercial flying. 
I understand that they're starting to talk now about fatigue, and I think that's that's awesome because you can't just sit there for 24 hours straight and fly a drone. You're gonna, you're obviously gonna become fatigued. What type of do you know of any rules that they've come up with recently as far as just the drones themselves? I know we, you know, the the fact that the tie into commercial aviation, but have they suggested like 16 hours is the most you can fly? Have you heard anything in that arena? There, there's nothing in the proposed rulemaking that identifies any sort of a time limit. It, it'll be interesting to see again in the final rule uh, does that come to pass or. Uh, will they try to make it equivalent or somehow loosely tied to the commercial industry? I don't know. Okay. So one of the concerns I know that a lot of listeners have is that if I get involved with, with aerospace and aviation, but I don't want to be a pilot and I want to be a drone pilot, I don't want to actually be in the aircraft, uh, I'm I'm concerned, or the, the people that write in are concerned that they're, the FAA is going to stop things from, from moving forward because of the fact that when, once we have our first accident, with a, with a drone that's going to sh- that's going to shut things down. And you know what? They're actually right. That probably will happen knowing the way the FAA reacts to things is they'll stop everything and say, "Okay, now what do we need to do?" Uh, there's I I know the sense and avoid thing is an issue, uh, and I know going forward that we're we're getting better and better systems uh, and there's transponders that are size of like a, a pack of cigarettes or whatever. Uh, but what other concerns would would somebody have and is that a, a huge concern for somebody that they're going to shut down the UAVs in the future because of the possibility of a, of a strike with an aircraft. Well, you're absolutely right, Carl. It is a big concern. And uh, certainly if you've uh, you know kept your ear to the, the news stations lately, there's been a number of reported incidents of uh, UAVs and especially air carriers and other aircraft coming within close calls uh, of each other. So um, the FAA is certainly aware of those issues. But I think what you're finding in, in UAS in particular is the momentum behind the industry um, will will just not allow the FAA to shut them down. Right. Um, and, and in some cases, this is almost a bad thing because um, there are industries that are pushing so far forward, they're basically skirting the FAA rules, if not outright uh, you know, ignoring them. So the FAA is going to have a hard time pulling back the momentum. Um, and, and to be honest... It's probably good that UAS has that momentum because, uh, you know, the first accident, um, you know, if you think back to the first accident in aviation, yeah, they probably had the same discussion. When Thomas Selfridge was killed in, uh, you know, in one of the Wright Flyers, um, they probably had the same discussion in the 1900s. But the fact of the matter is it didn't stop aviation. I don't think it's going to stop unmanned. And I think, too, one of the things that we have is experience. Absolutely. Know, in the industry, we have all this, the safety experience and and the the sense and avoid experience from the military. Uh, we also have aviation safety experience for many decades now, and we can draw from that. I think that's that's really exciting. So if somebody wants to get into that, into the UAVs, and say they they want to get a aviation degree, is that something that that they should look at? In other words, say, hey, I'm going to get an aerospace science say degree, but I want to go into drones and I want to go into flying drones. Uh, you think that would be something that they should look at as far as a degree? Absolutely. I mean, there, there are very, very compatible degrees. Uh, even if you get a, a baseline aerospace science degree that doesn't have a UAS focus, you're still going to have much of the broad information that you that you need. I mean, the, there's still the same safety procedures, the safety principles that are used throughout the industry, and that's fairly common. Um, now, you're going to want to get some sort of specialization in UAVs or at least take uh, maybe some individual UAS courses that might help you out along the way that'll help you to speak the specific UAS language, but much of the language of aviation in general is going to be the same. You know, speaking of the courses on UAVs and UASs, uh, going to fly outside, you need to have these exemptions. 
there's some other courses in actually flying these UAVs that are done indoors where you can get around those exemptions because you're inside a structure. So there are quite a few classes going on right now, are there not? There are a lot of uh, both uh, companies and also uh, universities and colleges that offer those types of classes. And uh, to try to avoid the regulatory requirement, uh, they, they do perform some of their operations indoors, yes. Right. And, and the regulatory requirement is to operate within the national airspace system. Uh, and by operating inside, you're not, you're not doing that, which is, Correct. is really important. But to get some, and I hate to say this, but it's true, if you want to get some experience flying one, go out recreationally and, and fly one. See if you get, you know, nowadays they're so stable. I mean, it's so much different than when I started flying the, these aircraft and used to crash all the time. Uh, you can go out recreationally and, and have some fun with it. Just don't do anything like, don't get paid to do it, you know, that type of thing, and, and go out and have some fun with it. Absolutely. There are some rules that are coming down the pike that are, are going to be applicable too. I just uh, talked to a local aviation attorney, and he was talking about in Florida that there is actually a new provision that uh, – um, for an invasion of privacy. So people can get sued for operating these things. So just be aware of your local provisions as well. It, it goes beyond just the FAA's rules. Every state might have their own unique limitations because there's a lot of fear that goes on with the uh, the development of these unmanned systems. Sure, sure. You know, it kind of it reminds me 40 years ago when I used to make model rockets. There was one that you could put a camera into and you could take pictures from the air. Well, of course, that didn't happen that often, so there wasn't a big issue. But now... Uh, we have cameras attached to these uh, UASs or, or these model aircraft uh, that can zoom in and take some very, very close-up pictures, and, and they can look through your window. Uh, so that's, I think, another whole conversation is the privacy. The privacy conversation, I think, also com uh, comes over and overlaps with the helicopters. Uh, I know working with the news helicopter organizations that they had those privacy issues too. You know, you, you have to be careful what you're – photographing and what you put on the news, that type of thing. Well, and so the, uh, the beauty of this is really twofold. Yes, there will be problems, but with every problem, there's also going to be a job at the end of that problem trying to solve it. Yeah. So that's the beauty of this industry. Well, that's, and, and that's, again, going back to the beginning, it's so exciting to see so many commercial operators out there getting involved in, in drones, okay, and, and looking at Amazon. So you you know that there's there's a big demand out there for, for drones and for the operations of these systems. And I, I'm really excited about that. I can't wait to see what hopefully in the future Polk State does. I'm excited. I'm going to keep a, a watchful eye on that and what the other uh, universities are, are doing. And, and in, uh, in Florida in, in general, I know there's a lot of research going on too, and I think there's an opportunity there there uh, on the collegiate level and also on the corporate level as far as drones are concerned and sense and avoid and and that type of thing i think that's another big opportunity especially right now because we are in the infancy uh, of the commercial drone usage and i think that's really really exciting uh, as far as other things that we should be concerned uh, as, as a student or as somebody who wants to get involved in commercial aviation we talked about the 333 these different exemptions uh, is there any advice you might have looking towards both a school and a co corporate operator of drones for somebody that's looking into getting into this as a career what type of you know what would they look for well, I, I think first of all is you want to make sure that uh, as a student or as a job seeker um, that you're you're getting involved with a company that has some degree of experience in doing this. That they're they're not taking their UAS and and just flying it commercially without uh, you know 
pursuing the rules and, and knowing what's required of them. And, and I say that only because uh, people have done it. Companies are getting real excited about this, and they're going, they're taking their, their UAV outside that they buy off of Amazon or wherever they buy it from, and uh, they're launching it as if you know there's no issue. So um, making sure that the rules are adhered to, it's not as simple as just flying a model airplane. There are The FAA has very strict regulations. Um, the second is look in the company and make sure that the company has some some people with expertise. Um, you know, yes, this is a, a little bit of a new field, um, but at the end of the day, uh, most companies should not go in blind. They should, they should hire someone that has some degree of knowledge or expertise in the field. And if you don't see some of those things uh, as a part of the company that you're pursuing, that's probably a sign that there might be problems down the road. That's some great advice in general. That's some great advice in looking at any aviation organization. That's some terrific advice. Uh, is there anything else you want to tell us as far as uh, unmanned aircraft systems? And before we wrap up, I know we've taken a lot of your time here. Uh, as far as a, a student getting involved now or the other person that's looking at a career change, I'm a pilot, and I really want to get into to UAVs. You know, where, where the heck do I start? Where do I go? Well, that's a great question, too. Um, a good place to start is just start reading, again, the trade, uh, the trade journals. Uh, AUVSI is a great place to start. Um, there's also the collegiate system. There's, there's a number of programs out there that have college degrees. Um, that's a, another excellent place to start. If for no other reason than you're getting the courses in those particular areas, but even more importantly, oftentimes those college systems have contacts that you can then uh, use to find a career path. So uh, there's a lot of value in pursuing those relationships. And I, I'd love to put a, pl a plug in for Polk State College. I mean, you folks have really been on the forefront of doing some research into unmanned aircraft systems, and I think that's terrific. And, and, and I know the students are very, very much excited about it. Uh, what does Polk State offer as far as degrees? Because I know there's a, I know we've talked about this possibly in the past, but you have an aerospace science degree here at Polk State. It's a, Absolutely. It's a, so we have two programs um, at two different degree levels. We have a, an associate of science in both professional pilot science and aerospace administration. And we also have a Bachelor of Science degree in both professional pilot science and aerospace administration. So uh, those degrees all filter in, and UAVs are—it's going to be a big part of those de uh, those degrees because you know we're going to follow the industry as the industry develops. So we will adjust our content accordingly. So uh, we're very excited to to integrate that aspect into our degree programs. Well, terrific. And if anybody has questions on anything we, we discussed here, they can go to aviationcareerspodcast.com and uh, hit the contact page, and I can forward those questions to you, and maybe you, you can help us answer those. Absolutely, Carl. That's awesome. Uh, I know that in the future, Ryan, we'll, Dr. Wallace, we're going to have you, you back on. I think what you've done here at Polk State has been terrific and uh, been on the forefront of safety, which I think is really awesome. Uh, some of the things that you've done here uh, really have mimicked some of the airlines here and, and uh, is better than some airlines, I think, in, in what you've done and the progress you've made just in the past year from just watching you. So I think that hats off to you there. I appreciate um, it, Carl, and thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, and, and hey, listen, if you're if you're looking at getting into unmanned aircraft systems, you know, look at it today. I mean, uh, take a, you know, I always tell people to do something today to move forward in the career. Look up UAVSI, the Unmanned Aircraft Systems uh, International, 
uh, Aircraft Vehicle Systems International, excuse me, and and get involved as a student. It's $25 membership. As an individual, it's $99. You can also sign up as a free member and get some of their newsletters. So do that and, and see if this is a career path you want to go down. It's something that I'm extremely interested in. I think it's very exciting. And you might find it too. You might find it interesting also. Don't forget too that there's mechanics that are going to have to maintain these. Uh, so if you want to become an aircraft mechanic, there's another avenue you can go towards. Remember, I, I've talked on this before. We've had aircraft mechanics get their licenses and then go work in the industry of, of making large yachts and, and ships and, and working on large vehicles and motorhomes, et cetera, and have been able to have great careers just from dovetailing from that. So so look into that. I'll have all the links that we talked about here on uh, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash uh, 87. Also, uh, we the scholarship of the week this week is actually a Whip Air scholarship. It's a seaplane rating, and you can get your seaplane rating uh, at uh, Whip Air. So go to the bottom of the uh, podcast and t- click on that. Remember, we do offer membership in the website where we do have all the scholarships, plus we have a lot of other things on there, too. We have technical videos. Another thing I was going to mention, too, is that we've listened to you. You've said, listen, uh, some of those technical videos don't have to do with aviation careers. We're kind of pulling some of those and putting that on Expert Aviator. And expertaviator.com is where we blog about more technical type of things. So we've listened to your feedback. Thanks for that. We'd love to hear more of that feedback. We're going to put more just strictly about careers on Aviation Careers Podcast. So love the feedback. We listen to you. And that's at uh, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Well, this is uh, Carl Valeri reporting here on site at Polk State College in Lakeland, Florida with Dr. Ryan Wallace. And Ryan, again, we appreciate your, your being here today. Again, it was a pleasure, Carl. I look forward to seeing you guys again. Well, thanks so much. And, and uh, listening right now, do something now, do something today to move forward in your aviation or aerospace career or any career. Uh, and just look up something on the internet. Uh, it's free. The information's out there. Get a magazine, an industry magazine, but do something today. And we'll talk to you next episode. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.